On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right, morning everybody. Uh, remember, the information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk. None are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, you should always contact an investment advisor. And you can find more about what we do in that regard at our website, which is craigsip.com. Okay, let's look back at last week before we talk about what's coming up. And it was a, a difficult week across the board, really. Uh, for global share markets and, and the local share market. And the key thing that we saw, which I'll talk about in more detail soon, is uh, that we saw a hotter than expected US inflation report. Um, that that came in above expectations. And it was a reminder that uh, the inflationary risks are still very much uh, on the high side, uh, that inflation isn't coming down uh, at a steady pace. You know, it's generally came down, but um, it's very much two steps forward, one step back. So that sort of spooked markets. We saw US shares fall, uh, interest rates rise, and the US dollar strengthen. Um, that's that's the expected response. Uh, this came out on Friday night in the US. So New Zealand had closed, Australia had closed, Japan had closed, and, and, and so forth. Uh, so we might actually react to this um uh, on Monday morning today, uh, but the US was down 2.7% for the week. That's the biggest weekly decline we've seen since early December. Europe and the UK were also down, not to the same degree. Uh, Europe down 1.4%, uh, the UK down 1.6%. Aussie was one of the better performing markets. It fell just 0.2%. Uh, and the local NZX50 down 2%. I think there was more to do with some of the um, some of the results that saw a few stocks sold off and Ryman Healthcare, obviously, which came out of its trading halt after that big uh, rights issue announcement, which fell uh, more than 10%. So um, probably a few kind of one-offs there. But generally, I would say the NZ and Aussie market might just start the week on the back foot, um, given the weakness on Wall Street on Friday night. Uh, we saw U.S. Treasury yields uh, rise sharply as well on the back of that uh, hotter inflation. That's what you would expect to see uh, because higher inflation means that um, the economy is still running uh, too hot, uh, too strong, and that central banks, or in this case the Federal Reserve, will need to keep um, working hard to slow the economy down and to knock inflation on the head, and that means more interest rate hikes. So we saw the two-year Treasury yield increase from 4.6% to 4.8% last week. So that saw it uh, actually rise above um, the peak from last year, which I, I forget what the peak was, but um, it, it, was, it wasn't far off that 4.8, but now we're above 4.8. So the two-year is actually at the highest levels we've seen since 2007. So, you know, more than 15 years since we've seen short-term interest rates at these levels. And, you know, the reason this is important is because when you're investing, obviously, um, you know, the higher you're getting on very safe, very short-term, very, you know, quite liquid, um, you know, essentially risk-free uh, securities, uh, the, the higher the bar is or the higher you need to get in terms of return um, to, to encourage you to go into riskier asset classes like shares or housing and so forth. So 
as those uh, short-term yields go higher on those securities that are very low risk, um, that is why you sort of see the market get get sold off or one of the reasons, but that, that's a key one. Um, the 10-year yield also rose. It was up from 3.8 to 3.94. So that's, that's the highest we've seen in a few months. The US 10-year actually went as high as just over 4.2%. In October last year, um, so at 3.9, you know, we're creeping back towards those levels. Not quite there, but um, definitely the highest we've seen this year. And it was a similar story here in New Zealand. Our five-year swap rate, which is a wholesale rate, um, one of the rates that um, fixed income securities and so forth are priced based on, uh, that rose from 4.5 to 4.8. So that, that wasn't so much to do with the US inflation report because our market was obviously closed, but that came on the back of... Um, the Reserve Bank, uh, more more strong words and expectations of further OCR hikes um, from the Reserve Bank, and obviously, you know, with the cyclone, um, you know, there's an expectation that that'll put some short 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 term um, pressure on inflation, you know, push inflation up in the short term, which will again keep keep the Reserve Bank. Um, uh, It'll, it'll mean that they have to keep uh, working hard to get inflation down by keeping interest rates up. So uh, lots going on uh, last week. And at 4.8%, um, that New Zealand five-year swap rate is still below the 5.2 that it got to in October, but uh, it's the highest we've seen since um, late last year. So sort of a similar, similar pattern as what you're seeing in the US. The NZX corporate bond index is down 1.1% in February, uh, still up year to date, uh, still up almost 1% because they had a strong January, but down in February. Um, and that's the way share markets are shaping up too. So, you know, the US market is down 2.6% in February, still up nearly three and a half year to date. Uh, the local share market's off about half a percent in February, still up nearly 4% year to date. Um, Europe and the UK have, have, have been two of the strongest markets. Europe and the UK are both still in positive territory in February. And uh, so far in 2023, Europe's up 7.7 and the UK is up 5.7. So that, that has still been the place to be. Uh, New Zealand investors that invest in a range of shares across the world have had the shock absorber of the Kiwi dollar softening. So... Uh, this month, the Kiwi dollar has fallen against the US dollar by about 4%. You know, we're around the 61.5, 62% cent mark now. So that has offset some of that US equity market weakness. So I just pointed out that in February, US shares down uh, 2.6%. Well, in New Zealand dollar terms, they're up 1.7% because uh, the currency has uh, moved more than the US share market has. So that's something important to remember too. And we've seen the currency fall against the pound, against the euro. Um, it's been sort of sideways against the Aussie dollar, which is normal because our, our two countries are often driven by the same sorts of factors. But uh, a weaker Kiwi dollar has boosted those UK and European returns, which are already you know better anyway. So that's something else important to note. You know, you've got to look at the currency moves as well as the... Um, uh, the moves in these underlying share markets um, if you're an, uh, investing directly in those shares, in which case you're probably not hedging that currency exposure. If you're using a, a managed fund of some sort, whether it's a KiwiSaver fund or some other managed fund, then 
that might not be the case because your fund manager might be um, might be hedging the currency, so they might have not got that you know benefit of a um, uh, of a softer kiwi. Anyway, key events from last week. Uh, Reserve Bank um, was a big one, so they raised the OCR by half a percent. That was expected. You know, talked about this last week. It was exactly what I expected them to do. OCR is now at four seventy five, the highest since oh nine. Um, lots of the interest was in the, the the forecasts, and they didn't actually make a whole lot of changes there, which is quite interesting. Um, you know, maybe if they'd had more information about uh, Cyclone Gabriel and its effects and its costs and its disruption, they they might have made some more changes. But you know, the the, the time when they were doing these numbers, they just wouldn't have been in a position to to really know how to um, adjust things significantly. So you know, we'll we'll find out more as time goes on. But they didn't change things dramatically. Um, they're still forecasting a recession later this year, although they've become a little bit less cautious. So Back in November, they had four negative quarters of um, growth, or, or you know, GD, negative GDP coming in. Uh, now they've only got three, so they see the recession as being. It was already looking like. Well, they were already suggesting it'll be quite a mild one. Now they're suggesting it'll be even milder. Uh, the unemployment forecast, wage growth, inflation trimmed a little bit, but not dramatically. Uh, and importantly, for all of us who you know follow the the the, the Reserve Bank decision making. Uh, they still see the OCR peaking at 5.5% later this year. So that they're at 4.75, they see it going to 5.5. Uh, however, they do expect it now to take a little longer to get there. So this is quite important. They're, they're, they're pointing to a slightly slower, not as steep path of it getting there. And if you, if you sort of reverse engineer the numbers that they put out, they're basically saying from here, we will see 3.25% hikes in order to get to that peak. So, you know, we've just seen a half percent hike in November last year. We saw a 75% hike, a really big one. Now it looks like they are back to three small 25s. Um, and they could try and change their mind along the way. So if you were looking for evidence that they've become a little less aggressive, a little more relaxed about the outlook, you could probably point to the fact that they don't see the recession that they still expect to happen. They don't see it being as bad um, and that they're, they're kind of signaling that they're going to downshift even further and go back to those 25 basis point rate hikes. Uh, dairy, the dairy sector, quite a big week for news there. We had a dairy auction um, and after the last one, which was quite a good one, we saw prices slip back last week. GDT prices off 1.5%. So uh, they're actually, prices are down about 30% from a year ago. And while that sounds really dramatic, um, a year ago was pretty much where they peaked uh, at the highest levels in 15 years. So if you draw it on a chart, you'll see that a year ago, you know, you've had a really big run up. They surged through 2021, early 2022, and then now they've sort of come down. So even though they're 30% down from a year ago, they're probably about 10% above the levels that, you know, prevailed through the beginning of 2016 all the way through to the end of 2020. So uh, it's not as bad as it sounds, but they attributed the, um, no, Fonterra uh, actually attributed some of the weakness we've seen uh, to softer demand from China in recent months. And um, uh, so you've got softer demand and then on the supply side, supply is quite balanced. There aren't any real supply blockages. So, you know, 
that's why prices have come down. And Fonterra actually shaved a little bit off their payout forecast. So um, they had is for the 2022-2023 season that's sort of you know coming up sort of in the tail end of it uh, over the coming months. They had a midpoint um, of nine dollars uh, a kg, and now they've they've cut that back to eight fifty, which is about a five or six percent decline. Uh, most economists were sort of there anyway. Most economists were sort of in the in the mid to high eights, so it's not a huge surprise. Um, and even at eight fifty, that's pretty good. You know, last season we had nine dollars thirty, but that was the highest of all time. And uh, the second highest of all time was in 2013, 2014, so nine years ago, uh, and that was eight dollars forty. So even if it is eight fifty, like Fonterra pointing to, and it could be, you know above or below by a little bit uh, but if it was at that midpoint of 850 that would still be the second highest of all time so still not too bad at all nothing to panic over uh, we had the flash PMIs last week and these are pretty good so these are essentially activity indicators and what they told us is that in February and we haven't really seen any of the other February data this is sort of the first cab off the rank for this month um, they told us that economic activity has strengthened quite a bit across the board. So the US, Europe and the UK all posted readings that were better than expected by quite a bit, quite a lot better than expected. And they all moved back into expansionary territory. They'd been sort of signalling contraction. Now they're all signalling expansion. So take the US. Uh, the composite P PMI rose to 502 Highest in eight months, you know, the market was looking for 47.5. So that's, you know, that's a big beat. Uh, in Europe, it was a similar story, um, even more so, actually. Uh, the composite PMI rose to 52.3. That's the highest since May of last year. Again, well ahead of forecasts. Uh, Japan unchanged, so just, you know, meandering along, but still marginally in expansionary, ter expansionary territory. In the UK... Uh, saw its composite PMI improve to 53.0. You know, people were expecting 49.0. So that's, again, well ahead, the highest since the middle of last year. So uh, the UK, Europe, and, and the US, based on these figures, you know, have, have found a bit of economic momentum in, um, in the last month or so. And uh, the question is, is that good or bad? You know, I guess it's good. You know, we always want economies to be strong, but um, it... it it sometimes is taken bad by financial markets because uh, economic strength uh, usually means that there's no reason for central banks to sort of back off. You know, if, if, if those numbers had been weak, then you probably would have seen financial markets think, OK, well, central banks will think twice about aggressive rate hikes because you're starting to see that economic weakness that sort of points to the slowdown that they're trying to orchestrate, but we haven't got that slowdown, so you know that, that that's a green light for the Fed and others to just carry on with the rate hikes because the economy is still obviously in good shape. There were positive signs on the inflation front um, in the US. We had some cost with cost pressures softening in February. Uh, both manufacturers, service providers uh, registered, you know, more moderate cost increases, and the overall rate of input um, price inflation was the second slowest that we've seen since October 2020. So, you know, going all the way back to October 2020, you know, two and a half odd years, uh, there's only one month that was sort of lower than this one. Uh, and in, in Europe, we saw input costs cool as well, you know, more notably in the manufacturing sector than in the services sector, but still, still going in the right direction. 
Uh, then this inflation report that we saw on Friday night in the US, which is really what it was all about. Um, and this was the PCE inflation report that stands for personal consumption expenditures. And this is um, uh, this is the, the, the inflation measure the Fed sees as, as, as really important. So that's why it is as closely watched. And headline PCE increased 0.6 for the month. So uh, forecast were for 0.5. People were expecting it to re-accelerate. It was expected to re-accelerate from 0.2% in December up to 0.5, but it went from 0.2% up to 0.6. So that's the highest monthly reading since June, and it means the annual change, um, actually uh, the annual sort of PCE inflation rate uh, moves up to 5.4%. And... Um, uh, in December, it was 5.3. So that's been trending down ever since June last year, where it peaked at 7. You know, peaked at 7 last year. This is the annual rate. And it's come down for, you know, 7 odd months, right, since June. And this is the first month since, um, you know, way, way back then uh, that it's actually sort of ticked up again. So not fantastic news. And the market um, got a little bit nervous when it saw that. Uh, the core inflation rate, which, or core PCE inflation, which uh, excludes food and energy. They're the more you know volatile categories, and you, you don't really have control over those. So you know the core PCE is probably more that sort of structural piece. It also increased 0.6%, um, and estimates there were for it to be 0.4, which would have been about the same as December. So at 0.6, that's the highest again, uh, highest since June last year, and it means that the annual uh, core PCE inflation rate is is at 4.7 so in December it was 4.6 and um, just like that headline measure you know it's been falling for a while and now it's all of a sudden you know tick, ticked up again um, so that that was sort of the key release and you know we it's it's hard to know what to make of it um, it's only one month's data but you put it together with some of those revisions to the um, the, the CPI figures from last year which which were revised higher. So you, you've had a string of things that are telling you that the inflation pressure is probably a bit stronger than we've been thinking over these last few months. Um, then again, you know, things can change pretty quickly. Um, so I think I think we've still got to monitor the situation. Um, we are still seeing indicators that tell us inflation is slowing. Um, and a lot of those forward-looking indicators. So, you know, the, it's it's not completely clear. And I think it was never going to be a clear path downwards. You know, we we, we never thought that in, inflation would go from, you know, 6 or 7% straight back to 2 in the short place of time, space of time. It was always going to look quite persistent. It was always going to take an extended period to get it under control. Uh, and it was always going to be, you know, a bit choppy on the way through, you know, um, two steps forward, one step back. So uh, definitely something to monitor, and it, it definitely has taken the shine off um, the good start to the year that financial markets have enjoyed. But um, the trend is still lower. It's just that, that that trend is not sort of moving down as steeply as we might have hoped. So uh, it's a it's a watcher space. Um, this week, I think on that note, just thinking about that inflation um, and those PMIs that signaled a big uptick in uh, economic activity, in the US, I think the ISM indices will be really important, the Institute for Supply Management uh, indices. So we'll get the manufacturing 
ISM index out on Wednesday in the US, and then the services measure will come out on Friday. And these will give us a really important read on the state of the UK economy. So um, we will be watching to see if they paint a different or similar picture to what we saw from those PMIs last week. Um, so, you know, we'll want to know, do they do they corroborate um, the PMIs from last week in terms of telling us that there's been a, a re-acceleration in economic momentum? And um, also, you know, what do the forward-looking inflation indicators in the, in the ISM survey tell us? Because I'm very conscious that sort of a lot of the other inflation readings we get are backward-looking. But things like the ISM, things like the PMI surveys, you know, other indicators out there are much more forward-looking and, and it's important to sort of take both into account because it's actually the future we're more worried about than the past. So I'll be watching um, the prices paid in index. I'll be watching the new orders component of the ISM, which was really weak last time. Um, I'll be watching... Um, the supplier delivery times index uh, in the hope that sort of those things tell us that uh, inflation pressure is still moderating and obviously we'll be keeping an eye on you know the manufacturing sector versus the services sector and um, what we're seeing across both. Um, China PMIs as well uh, these come out a week later than the other regions so they will be just another sort of measure of how activity is tracking and China will get these um, uh, we'll get a big dump of them on Wednesday afternoon some at two o'clock some at 245 and then you'll get another one um, on Friday at 245 so they've come in stronger uh, just recently January was really good you know some good numbers better than expected a lot better than what we saw um, last year late last year uh, which is what you'd expect because the economy's reopened and it's starting to accelerate again so it'll just be a matter of um, monitoring whether that has continued and whether you're seeing sort of China continue to um, uh, pick up uh, a bit of steam. Uh, closer to home um, across the Tasman there's a lot going on um, We've got the GDP release for the December quarter, that's due Wednesday afternoon. We've got the monthly consumer price index indicator, the inflation indicator, comes out at the same time. It's been a bit hit and miss lately. Um, you know, late last year it was telling us that inflation was um, coming down, but then we got the official quarterly numbers and it actually looked really strong. So um, we're still figuring out sort of how to use that you know, advance monthly indicator that they now release in Australia. But uh, I think it'll probably be taken cautiously this week because people have found, you know, in recent months that it hasn't hasn't been a very accurate steer on where inflation is actually tracking. So, um, but it's out anyway. Also some house price data that could be interesting uh, from across the Tasman out on Wednesday for February. And um, I, th I think it'll still be, week overall but you've got a few economists that are saying Sydney could ex uh, register its first increase in house prices since very early last year so a couple of people calling that you know this will see evidence that the housing market across the Tasman and Sydney at least has has stabilized and is maybe even you know starting to uh, recover ever so slightly here in New Zealand, uh, we have retail sales that are out um, this morning, Monday morning, 10.45. So these will be for the December quarter. So starting to, you know, it's a little bit little bit old now, but um, still worth uh, keeping an eye on. More importantly, I'll be watching the ANZ Business Outlook Survey for February, which is out tomorrow afternoon, 1 o'clock. Uh, last month, it was pretty good. 
Um, we had a big rebound from the record lows we saw in December. Um, so the numbers still are pretty terrible, really, um, compared to history. But compared to where they fell to in December, we saw an uplift. Uh, so we'll be monitoring how that will look. It, it'll all depend on the timing of the survey when ANZ ran the survey, you know, for and where, you know, I think the regional and sector differences will be quite significant because, you know, if people filled in the survey before the cyclone, they'll probably be more a lot more upbeat than those who filled it in after the cyclone. There'll be some parts of the country that this was the last thing on their mind was returning the survey to ANZ Bank, so they, or they might not have even been able to contribute to it because they didn't have sort of, you know, connectivity and so forth. So uh, it could be, could be a little bit messy, um, although I think over the months ahead we will expect to see sectors and regions that have been impacted by you know the devastating effects of that that weather event uh to exhibit a, a sharp fall in sentiment and those that have been um uh not impacted will you know will, will obviously hold up a lot um a lot better i spent last week in southland went to gore went in invercargill had a great time actually um you know great to get down there haven't been down there for about three years because of all the um lockdowns and the traffic light sort of restrictions and all the rest of it so we haven't been able to hold client functions the stars just haven't aligned for that part of the country but um you know just as an example they they haven't had any of that bad weather so things are actually going pretty well uh down there and 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 that's what you're going to see you're going to see real contrasts uh from some parts of the country versus what you see obviously in in um Hawke's Bay, Gisborne, parts of Auckland, parts of sort of the Coromandel Bay of Plenty, which have been uh, really badly impacted. So, yeah, the, the, the survey will always be useful and interesting, but we're just going to have to understand that there will some, be some quite big differences. Um, the inflation indicators and the pricing intentions will obviously be crucial, uh, given what we heard from the um, Reserve Bank uh, last week. And then the reporting season, and it's sort of in wind-down mode, um, wind-down mode internationally, uh, wind-down mode here, but there's still a few things going on. So, you know, out there in the big wide world, there's a few more companies due to um, report, Bunzel, Zoom, Target, a few of the retailers, Lowe's, Macy's, Costco, um, Salesforce, that'll be an interesting one, Reckitt, Ben Kaiser, um, a UK consumer staple business. So, um yeah, there's a few things on the on the calendar there. Uh, locally, uh, a few more results, and it really is the last kind of week of results, really. Genesis Energy, Meridian Energy round out that electricity sector, uh, Heartland Group, Restaurant Brands, Vista Group, um, and, and a few other smaller ones too. Pushpay holds its um, shareholders meeting on Friday, which um, will be interesting, um, given that a few of their uh, major shareholders um, have voiced their opposition to the um, scheme of arrangement that shareholders are voting on, but uh, uh, people will watch with interest and um, see how that plays out. So, yeah, it's another busy week. There's plenty going on. Um, I've talked a little bit longer this time, so, you know, well done and thank you if you've if you've lasted uh, all of those 27 and a half minutes. Um, we might do a bit of a wrap of the New Zealand reporting season over the next couple of weeks. We'll just wait for these other companies to um, to finish up. Then we'll, we'll do a video, we'll do a podcast, we'll do something that um, sort of 
you know, who were the winners and losers and what was sort of the key takeaways and what have we learned from that. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and as I've said for the last couple of weeks, you know, if you're in one of those areas that's been impacted, um, you know, just know that our thoughts are with you. Uh, we hope you're doing as well as you could. And um, we hope that uh, the recovery will be, will, will, will happen. And, and um, you know, that will be a real focus for, I think, everyone across the country over the next little while. So uh, take care, everybody. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.